Georgia lawyers Bob and Irreverent D talk law. Listen up for stories about how things really happen in our legal system. Who are these guys? Dwayne Singleton, Irreverent D, is a criminal defense attorney in the state of Georgia. Benjamin O. Benson, a.k.a. Bob is a personal injury attorney in Atlanta. On today's episode, the boys welcome attorney Dan DeWaskin. Now, sit back and take a listen as Bob and Irreverent D talk law. I told her she should win. I said, you're going to be right on everything with the law, and you're just expected you're probably going to lose because there's a lawyer on the other side, the judges. I said, you're going to lose for absolutely wrongful reasons. Yep. And so she went in and uh, she actually won. She called me and she's like, yeah, I won. She, she called me. She said, not only did I win, but I then sued him for the attorney's fees. And I said, but you're not an attorney. You can't get attorney's fees. She said, well, I didn't know that. They had offered me $1,000 to go away. I wouldn't take it. And I insisted on putting an attorney, the collection attorney, Jim Freeney, James Freeney on the stand. And she cro- I said, you cross-examined James Freeney. So imagine a pro se putting an attorney on the stand, trying to get attorney's fees there you go. and cross-examining. I said, asking him what his hourly so she rate said, is. She said, yeah. you should hire me. I had never met her in person. I said, you're hired. I said, come on in, you're hired. And Start as tomorrow. A, as a signing bonus, I'm going to buy this transcript. And I did. <laughs> and it was did. fantastic. Did you so, frame it? Uh, I, I did not, but it was it was fantastic. He's since passed away. And Freeney wasn't a bad human being. But it was still great to see him get drilled by a very knowledgeable consumer. Pro se. I will say that you Jill, had no idea what you were going into when you came into that trial, right? Jill was my paralegal. She ended up uh, getting. I mean, she's now barred and has her own practice. So very good. nice. Very good. Way to mentor. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Bob and Irreverent D Talk Law Podcast. I'm Bob, uh, short for Benjamin O. Benson, B O B. This is Irreverent D. Short for Dwayne Singleton of the Singleton Trial Lawyers Group. I'll throw my gang signs. <laughs> we're not doing YSL today. Uh, I'm sorry. Get and confused. we're joined today by a really great friend. Of, actually, we found out a friend of both of us uh, from some time ago, Dan DeWaskin of the DeWaskin Law Firm in Decatur, Georgia. Dan, tell us uh, for a couple minutes about your practice. So my practice is uh, mostly personal injury and criminal defense. We, we are trial lawyers. Uh, and while I started off doing criminal defense, uh, I, I, I'm post-certified here in Georgia, and I was a, a sheriff's deputy for a while. But um, we, we ended up getting it. We, once we realized that if you could try a case, you can try a case. And if you can learn the law that you can do it, uh, we got into handling personal injury cases. So our practice is split. And one of the most common questions we get is, so do you do more personal injury or do you do, you do more criminal? And uh, the fact is, it just depends. I mean, if we're in trial, then that is the only case that's really going on. But it just depends. We work with a lot of other attorneys, so um, we will end up bringing other, in, you know, in other attorneys for their expertise and whatnot. And that's yeah. You know, that's a uh, that's a thing that a lot of people don't understand about attorneys. Like the three of us are technically in competition with each other all the time. Like. You, you are in competition with Dwayne over criminal defense clients. I'm kind of in competition with you over personal injury clients. But in fact, we're more likely to help each other out and refer clients to each other. Um, why is that? Well, there's, you know, I, it's funny because this, I, I definitely noticed this and, and have paid attention to this over the years. Um, there are a lot of organizations, as you know, that uh, for, for lawyers to join. They're for uh, personal injury 
The biggest one in Georgia is the Georgia Trial Lawyers Association. Yep. For criminal defense, it's the Georgia Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers. Are you a member of that? I am. Okay. And not to besmirch the personal injury attorneys, but what happens at a lot of Be personal smart. injury... Besmirch. What happens at a lot of uh, personal injury functions and things like that, especially if you're very green as a lawyer, will say, where are you getting your cases? Right. And you say, oh, I advertise here, I do this, or I've, I've got a connection. There's a body shop owner who knows me. If you answer that question, you'll stop getting those calls. Right. Somebody, Somebody's listening. There is a different level of competition. Now, when I say that, um, yeah. criminal defense attorneys, and I say this, it's much different. I when, feel like criminal defense is more of a, a, a team sport. Right. You call other attorneys, you ask them questions. Right. There is not a now. Don't get me wrong. Personal injury attorneys will share their secrets. They'll share stuff. But yeah. but certainly that connection that, you know, if I put a question out on the Georgia Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers, I'm going to get responses. I will get assistance. I may have attorneys offer to do you need me to come in and, and help? And by the way, not for money with personal injury, that that idea that there is this this limit to the limited number of pieces in the pie is different. The yeah. competition is different. A zero and sum so, game, we call it. Right. Yeah. I don't want to say that it's it's all a bunch of sharks or whatever, but it is pay attention to your groups. And those personal connections um, are more important for trust purposes in, in personal injury than they are in criminal defense. In criminal defense, you can walk around talking about what you do where it, it won't dry up. There's It's a different level and, and kind of yeah. Uh, relationship. Yeah. If I hear something cool that somebody does during a closing or something they do during board hour, I'll steal it. They're not upset about it because they're just as happy I won my case as I am that they won theirs, right? Let's get into the news. Today, uh, we're talking about wrongful arrest or wrongful imprisonment or false arrest. And frankly, I need your um, your insight, both of you, on like what it is because I know what um, false arrest is in a, in a civil case. Uh, but we have this uh, news item that involves um, like the police arresting this guy. And it turns out completely, this never happens. It turns <laughs> out it's completely the wrong guy. No. Now in another episode, we're gonna cover how uh, this has happened where somebody was incorrectly identified and arrested and stayed in jail because of facial recognition. And apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently with African-Americans, the facial recognition is super racist uh, because like it, it, it just assumes that another and one person looks like another. Anyways, so in this case, here's the news item. Don't trust AI. Don't trust it. Didn't we have this in another episode? Don't trust AI. Right. Make your use your own judgment. No question. All right. This guy, Brinson, just turned 18 years old. He was arrested for child molestation. Here's what happened. This happened in Bibb County. What's Bibb County? That's Macon. Here. That's Macon. Macon, right? Bacon, baby. So Bibb County is roughly like the county that would have Augusta, Georgia, or the county that would have Savannah or Columbus. It's kind of... One of the biggest counties. One, big, yeah. county, big county. All right. And so um, there was a bolo out for a black... Male. Be on the lookout for. Be on, yeah, bolo, not the tie. That's right. Not the tie. Uh, uh, be on the lookout for a black male who is 160 pounds, about five foot six, and, you know, about 20, about 18 years old. 
narrows it down to about a hundred thousand people in Macon. Right. Yeah. Right. Basically. Right. Just that. Just <laughs> yeah. that. Right. Yeah. So they picked up this guy Brinson, who is one hundred and thirty pounds, and you know, and not the same height, and uh, but around the same, uh, around the same age. They put him in jail. He stays in jail for like weeks until they figure out, oh, completely the wrong guy. Like didn't even have the same. He only had the same first name. No, nothing else was the same. Right. He didn't live the same place. Didn't have the same last name. He obviously like had 30 pounds difference between the person they were looking for. Now, Dwayne, you know about losing 30 pounds, but you couldn't lose 30 pounds like in in the few seconds that it would take for the bolo to come I can gain out. and I can lose it. <laughs> you know, Ben, just to, 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 to add, if you want to picture this like a puzzle, right. that if you're looking for, you know, if you turned 160 pounds, black male, five, six, into a puzzle piece, just imagine how this isn't, it's not similar. Right. Imagine how long you'd have to spend trying to get that puzzle piece. To, I, I would tell you that it, it's, you're looking for a hole like this and trying to, Get a puzzle piece in that's just never ever going to fit there. Yeah. Right. I think the thing to me. Uh, well, anyways, let me finish the news thing and then we'll discuss. But I want to say the thing to me later. Okay. So eventually, what they what they figured what the defense attorney figured out was, hey, like they obviously have the wrong person. They finally got the um, they finally got the judge and the court to recognize and, and the police to recognize. And they say, ooh, uh, we're going to let you go. Sorry, our, our bad. And now he's got, Brinson has got a lawyer and they're fixing to sue the police for wrongful arrest. Right. Right. So that's the news item. It does happen. It ha in fact, it happens more often than we like to think. Well, and a lot of people may be confused, like, why is he in jail? Well, if you can't make bond, right, or the judge doesn't give you a bond, even though you're innocent, even though you didn't do it, you sit in jail until trial. Can we pause there? Yeah. Because this is like the fourth time during our podcast that I keep saying, I still don't understand what bond is, <laughs> right? Like, like, how does it actually happen? Well, I've tried to explain it to you. Maybe you can explain it to him better than, you know. There how are does, how does bond works. Work? You get arrested uh, for certain theoretically, theoretically, theoretically get arrested for certain very minor uh, offenses, misdemeanors, and things like that. A lot of times there are preset bonds. So if you are arrested for shoplifting in in a lot of places in Georgia, there may be a preset bond of five hundred dollars. You are in and out of jail pretty fast as as long as someone can get to a bonding company or come in to the the sheriff's office and and make your bond, make a payment, which then releases you and. If you were to pay the entire amount, then you get it all back when you show up for court and the case is closed, even if you're convicted, because it's not a penalty. It is meant to secure your attendance at court. That's what bond is. Now, okay, that's the part I missed. Okay. For certain things, however, there are bonds that only a superior court judge can make. So if you are charged with certain felonies, then you have to be brought before a magistrate judge within 72 hours. That's the criminal procedure here in Georgia. So you're... you're you're, they're required to get you before a judge. The judge makes sure you, okay, so this is what you're arrested for. And he, he just, he's checking boxes or she's checking boxes. However, uh, there are certain offenses and he can grant a bond on a lot of things. However, if you're charged with murder, that magistrate judge can't say, I'm going to set your bond at $10,000. You then have to wait for a superior court judge to set your bond. Which means you wait longer. You wait longer. And it, that depends on the, the, 
on the court, the county, the whatnot. But we're not talking, it should not be months. You right. file it and it should. Okay. So in this case, can this guy, Brinson, like sue the police for wrongful arrest? Can I sue for that? Well, anyone can sue anybody for anything. The question you is- You get a crayon, you're good you to go. A, if you have a crayon and $600, $400, well, with inflation. Yeah. Well, yeah. Some clerks won't take a crayon. You might have to have blue or black ink, but you know. <laughs> so yeah, can he? Uh, yes, he can. The question is, will it will it get to the point where will it withstand a motion to dismiss? Will it withstand summary judgment? Basically, will he be able to have his day in court? And when we say that, we mean get before a jury. Get before a jury. Because the argument, now this part I am somewhat familiar with, the argument on the other side is, look, uh, it's our job. We're the police. It's our job to be on the lookout for a person that basically matches this person's description. We have discretion. We're like we're charged with finding the people. And it was just my opinion that this was the guy, right? right? And be, and if it's just my opinion that that was the guy, well, mistakes happen, right? But I'm. The law is going to protect me as the police officer if I think, yeah, this is probably the guy, right? right? How, how, why should I be prosecuted? Why should I have a lawsuit against me if I'm just doing my duty as a police officer? Well, <laughs> the doing your duty as a police officer thing drives me crazy, okay? I think we should completely pass some law, do something in Georgia to give us some avenues to do away with qualified immunity and sovereign immunity so that we can file lawsuits. Because if you do something so outrageous and you put somebody in a situation where he sat in jail and then gets, I think he got harmed in jail, right? Oh yeah. He yeah. Put, when he got, when he came back from jail, he said, Oh, I'm really messed up. I'm really messed up. He had like face tattoos. I mean, and all that terrible things happen in jail. Rapes, beatings, yes. you know, they all this kind of crazy stuff. You should be able to sue without having to jump through all these hoops. But if the officer is just doing his job and then just makes a mistake, then he's protected. Well, keep in mind, the, the other thing, well, I, feel like, I feel like I need to preface every single comment with, I know this is complicated, but. So I'm going <laughs> to do away with that. But I will tell you that if you have an officer who is operating in good faith, let's say that this officer absolutely is a terrible judge of weight. Let's say that the guy was 160 and fit the description. The trouble is that description is so general. Yeah, unless right, you know right. that, hey, we're yeah. looking for him. He's in this neighborhood and you and he's wearing blue shorts and you find a guy wearing blue shorts who's sweating bullets and, and looks running. Right. Anyway, running. Right, yeah, running. Right, yeah. Now, the other question is, is he just jogging? Is he right. just looking? We, we don't, we don't want to go down that, to it. Exactly. We'll, we'll stay away from that. But, let but me, hang on. Let me pause. The, the thing to me, I think you're getting to this, is they had the actual name of the guy they were looking for and they and they and they uh and they arrested this guy yep. different name yep <laughs> right like it's that's ridiculous see, to me i think is that what you were getting oh, I've, at? I've had that i've defended that case Dwayne, i'm sure has defended that case so he's with six other uh hispanic people on and you're like well our clients uh, black and was supposed to be with six other hispanic people but he's with uh, three white females and two Asian females. So you're like, how is this the right guy? Well, he fit the description. Right. I, I also want to say that, that when we're talking about violations of civil rights and the damage that's done, the officer that arrested him, I mean, I, maybe this is a controversial position, but he's not the one who's responsible for 
Brinson's safety in the jail. No. That's the responsibility of the sheriff. Right. And so when he, the idea that we accept, well, bad things happen in jail. No, we shouldn't accept that. Right. The sheriff has a responsibility to take care of, to make sure that people aren't raped, assaulted, uh, abused, uh, yeah, that's true. I keep in jail. About, I keep forgetting. So about when that. I say that there, yeah. there might be other blame to go around. You can't just say, well, you know, that happens in jail. So that's the right. officer's fault. Uh, the issue here and, and what's coming down to Dwayne mentioned immunity. What that is, it obviously protects the officer. So the officer can say, yeah, Sasumi, I have immunity. I did my job. And what? No, the, the job has to be done in good faith. Uh, the question is, the officers, you know, are the officer's actions reasonable and whatnot? And on a million of these kinds of things, that's where you get into the nitty gritty. But a lot of times, unfortunately, and I do think it's changing, but especially in, in Georgia and in the 11th Circuit specifically, the courts have bent over backwards to protect anyone wearing a badge. Yeah. Require the officers to carry $10 million of insurance. Let us sue them. The insurance companies will fix it. You now, the other so? thing is, Absolutely. The other thing is you can sue the officers if you sue the officers individually. Here's the kicker. When the officer is truly, well, once again, I'll dispense with it's complicated, a bad guy, okay? I'm just going to say when the officer is a bad guy, he's malicious and he right. doesn't care because he arrested him. He may not have done this, but he did something else. If you get that officer and you prove it really well and you show his background, do you know what happens? The department hangs him out. Yep. Hey, listen, we trained this guy. We just didn't know. And we once we found out, county case. Yep. once we found out, we fired him immediately. Yep. Yep. All right, well, that's all the time we have. Man, that went really fast, didn't it? Thank you for joining the Bob and Irreverend D Talk Law Podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you email us uh, at the email in the comment section. Let us know where you're from down below. Yep. Thanks, and have a nice Thanks, day. Guys. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time when Bob and Irreverend D Talk Law. Mm-hmm.